Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football matchup over the next week. But before we do all that, we have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Maria podcast. For one on break, we previewed what we were doing with this week's show. Once again, talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming matchup on Sunday Night Football against the Denver Broncos. But... Before we do that, we do have to recap what exactly happened last week. Overall, it was a very good week for the Niners, and it was a mediocre week for us. We ended up winning with the under in that game, which we got home against Seattle. However, we did lose on the side. We took the points. In our defense, we were expecting Trey Lance to play the entire game, and then, of course, he suffered that brutal injury, which will result in him missing the rest of the season. I'm not going to be too mad about it. You don't want anybody to get hurt like that, and it's definitely a difficult situation. Now, long-term, I'm just going to be honest. I think the Niners are better off with Jimmy G as the starting quarterback compared to Lance, but that's not how you want Jimmy G to win the job. You don't root for the injury of the starting quarterback. So that was just a very unfortunate situation, but I do think you could see something positive spawn out of that extremely unfortunate circumstance. And that's exactly what happened in the actual game on Sunday because Jimmy G came in and he looked good. And it also helps that Seattle couldn't score the entire game. They scored seven points on a blocked field, uh, blocked field goal return for a touchdown. So offensively, they scored zero points. Geno had 197 yards, one pick, zero touchdown, sacked twice. And they tried a trick play on the goal line where running back DJ Dallas threw an interception in his only pass attempt Awful play call, but it's a separate story. Meanwhile, Jimmy G did go 13 of 21, one touchdown, 154 yards, and QBR 60.4, so he was decent, but he was good enough to get the job done. Seattle's also just a brutal football team, so I'm not sure how much I can take away from that game, but to go through the actual ground game, uh, it was good. 4.2 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Jeff Wilson led the way, 84 yards. Debo Samuel had four carries for 53 yards. However, he did have one carry for 51, so he had two yards with the other three carries. Then you had Tyreon Davis-Price, who was not very good as the backup running back. It was kind of a committee. 14 carries, 33 yards. So Wilson averaged roughly two times the amount of yards per carry, and Price also had a 20-yard run, 
So he had 13 carries for 13 yards, besides the one outlier, which is extremely rough. And Garoppolo, in addition to the one passing touchdown, also had a rushing touchdown. So uh, to go with, and Juszczyk had a rushing touchdown as well. So to go through everything else, the receiving core really didn't stand out. Dwelly had a receiving touchdown, one catch for 38 yards and the touchdown. Ayuk was pretty good, 50, uh, sorry, he had five catches for 63 yards on eight targets. Debo Samuel was decent, 44 yards, but he also had the 50 and change on the ground. So he was pretty involved in general. And that was basically it. So to go through everything else, uh, yeah, Niners looked good. Seattle did not. And Seattle offensively only had 14 first downs and 216 total yards of offense. So a defensive clinic by the Niners, which was needed. And we, know this, we knew this unit was going to be good, and they looked like it in week two. Now it's time to move on to week three as the Niners take on the Broncos. But I do want to recap how the Broncos did last week they won but they didn't look good it was the first home game with the Russell Wilson led squad and after that embarrassing Monday night loss where they couldn't convert in the red zone in this game they also had a hard time converting in the red zone because uh, to go through uh, the actual game here the uh, Broncos had one touchdown in the fourth quarter which was a 22 yard uh, pass to Saubert from Wilson Besides that, they did not score any other touchdowns in the red zone, and that was a serious problem because anytime you you bring in an offensive-minded guy like Hackett and your red zone offense is atrocious, going 0 for 2 again in terms of touchdowns, it's rough. And they also committed 13 penalties for 100 yards, not a disciplined team, couple of awful third and short play calls, couple of dumb penalties there with delay of games. They're a really poorly coached team. And I don't think Hackett is a good coach at all. I think you could argue he might be the worst coach in the league, and he's been around for two games. But to go through the actual numbers here, Wilson was not good. 14 completions on 31 attempts, 219 yards, one touchdown, one pick, sacked three times. The ground game was decent, 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, Javante Williams had 75 yards. Gordon had 47, and that was basically it. As for the receiving core, uh, Sutton was very solid, seven receptions, 122 yards on 11 targets. Uh, Saubert had the touchdown. That was basically it. Judy got injured, left early, had one catch for 11 yards. But the defense was solid, did sack Davis Mills three times, gave up no touchdowns, which is nice, and they only gave up 234 total yards of offense. So Denver's defense was fantastic, but they also faced the Texans, so we'll see how they look against the Niners. But to go through the actual lines here for... Sunday's game, Denver is going to be the slight underdog here by roughly a point and a half. Uh, it's a little bit surprising. I know Denver has not looked great, but it is in mile high. So you kind of assume that Denver would be the favorite in this matchup. But either way, Niners have looked like the better team up to this point. Their one loss came against the Bears, but once again, it was a pretty fluky weather situation. And on top of that, they did have Lance at quarterback back then. And now they do have Garoppolo, which I do think is an upgrade. And the Broncos still cannot convert in the red zone. So I do think that's going to be a serious issue in this game. Total in this one is roughly 45. And I think that total does seem pretty right on the money. But you're looking at the teams and neither team has scored more than 27 points in a game this season. And I do think that with Denver scoring 16 against Seattle and 16 against Houston, 
Those aren't exactly good defenses. San Francisco's easily the best defense that they will be facing up to this point. And I think Denver's going to struggle. Now, they might move the ball. I'm not sure about the red zone. But once again, Hackett is just an absolute joke of a head coach. And it seems like he is not going to last too long. Even if Denver arguably makes the playoffs or if they finish, let's just say 9-8 and eight and miss the playoffs. I'm not sure you can fire him after a year. But you might need to have the conversation because I actually think he's that bad. And I'm not even trying to sound overreactionary. I think people on this podcast know, or people that listen on this podcast know, that I try to be pretty even keel. And I try to be patient when it comes to making decisions about coaches and personnel. I try to, you know, give them another chance to prove me wrong. I've seen nothing from Hackett that tells me he can actually coach. And I think he's going to really struggle with this team. We saw Fangio do nothing with this team. Then again, they had a bad quarterback situation with him. But I think he's worse than Fangio. And that's saying something. Meanwhile, though, the Niners, they're the same team basically as last year. Now that Jimmy G's back under center, you do have a fun mini game to play with your friends, which is will George Kittle actually play for once? Because he has still not played this season. He was spotted at WWE, uh, not wrestling, but he was in attendance Good for him, I guess. I mean, you should probably be rehabbing, but either way, I'm assuming Kittle's going to play. He practiced last week, decided to not use him, probably because they were playing Seattle, and they figured they'd win anyway. But I think Kittle's going to play. It is a night game, so he does have some extra couple hours there to prep. I think he'll be in the lineup, which should help. But I do think you're going to see a very ugly game. I think you're going to see an under. I think 45's too high. I think you're going to see the Broncos move the ball, settle for field goals, And even though Jimmy G is back and he looked pretty good in week one, I still don't think Seattle has a good defense. And Jimmy G is still not exactly my favorite quarterback in the league. I think he's mediocre at best. So I don't like Jimmy G as an overall quarterback. I was just very, very low on Trey Lance. So I think that's why there's an upgrade. But with Jimmy G, it's mostly going to be intermediate and check down stuff. And I see Denver struggling in the red zone. I see a field goal fest in this game, and I think you're going to see a pretty entertainingly close game, also low scoring. I can see a 2017 final, something like that, but I do think the Niners will get the job done. It's tempting to take Denver in front of the home crowd, but they have scored 16 against Seattle and Houston. That's a serious red flag, and if you can't convert long drives into touchdowns and you're awful in the red zone and even your play calling is awful and you occasionally go for it on fourth and inches – I'm not going to take a shot with them. I'm going to go with the Niners. I like the running back uh, position, even with Mitchell being hurt. I do think that Jeff Wilson, we've seen time and time again as a spot starter, he can do it. And Samuel is also going to give a bit of a boost in the backfield. Kittle should be back. You have Samuel, you have Ayuk, you have weapons. I'll go with the Niners in a low scoring, but competitive game somewhere around the score of 22-17. Besides that though, really not much else to go through. To go through the divisions for both teams, the Niners are tied for first place. It is a four-way tie as every team is one and one. However, it is worth mentioning the Niners have the best point differential by far. The Niners are plus 11 in points for compared to points against, and every other team in the division is a negative 17 or worse. So we'll see if that means anything moving forward, but the Niners have a serious shot to win the division. Jimmy G's back at quarterback. We saw this last year. And the Rams have also not really looked that good. They got killed by Buffalo. Makes sense. Buffalo, in my opinion, is the best team in the league. I thought that going in. 
but they did almost blow a massive lead to Atlanta in the fourth quarter, which is rough. That was at home too. But I do think the Rams are still going to be a good team. Seattle and Arizona, I'm not sold on. Arizona had the very impressive comeback against the Raiders. Still not a good team. I still don't like Kingsbury as a coach. And Seattle's an absolute dumpster fire based on roster talent because Geno Smith's their quarterback and Drew Locke's their backup. So Seattle's still terrible. Arizona, I thought going into the year would be 7-10. and 10, And I still think that's a reasonable prediction. And the Rams, I thought, would win the division going into the season. Now it's kind of up in the air. But I do think you're going to see both teams win at least 10 games. So besides that, though, uh, going through the AFC West, Denver has looked like the third best team in the division. Actually, you could argue the worst team. I know the Raiders are 0-2. They hung around against the Chargers, and they blew a 20-point lead against Arizona. Denver has not looked good, and Wilson has not looked good. And I wonder how much of that's growing pains and how much of that is just bad coaching. Could be all the above. But Kansas City has looked like the best team. Uh, really obvious, beat Arizona, beat the Chargers 2-0. Chargers have looked good, though, 1-1, one one, but I do think that Chargers team has a lot, a lot of talent. You can argue on paper the Chargers are the most talented team in the division. And then you got Denver and the Raiders, where you're kind of looking at them. The Raiders I really didn't like going into the year because McDaniels is the new head coach, and I don't like him at all. And we saw him blow a 20-point lead at halftime last week, which kind of justified my stance. And I don't like Hackett either. So I do think that the coaching has really separated itself in that division. Staley's not a great coach, but I think he's better than the two that I just mentioned. So that's why I have the Chargers in second. And Andy Reid's Andy Reid with Mahomes. So I'm assuming they're going to win the division. But still, uh, once again, my picks for week three, I have the Niners minus one and a half and the under 45 for Sunday Night Football. But that's been this episode of the Better Way Podcast here with Believe. Until next week. Good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.